Welcome back to another exciting episode of Pop Cannon. My name is Jordan. I am Robert. I am Andrew. And I am Brian. This is episode 36, and today we are discussing Disney Pixar's Onward. Onward? And what word is it on? It's it's on, on the... Onward. Oh, oh, onward is the word. Okay. Rather than rather than drive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was a big fan of the fact that they used the title of the film within the narrative. Yeah. I like. When, yeah. I like when movies do that. Yeah, I think this would be a excellent contender for the um, supercut that exists on YouTube. For as soon as they say the name of the movie in the movie, the credits roll. Yes. <laughs> this would be an excellent contender for that. Yeah, sometimes it's not it's not great, but I I, I felt that was it was organic. I like yeah, it when absolutely. it's organic. So this movie was written and directed by Dan Scanlon, who previously did um Monsters University. Oh. Okay. <laughs> that that fits. So what was everyone's initial thoughts i really i i had a good time in the movie it was uh i'm a huge fantasy nerd and D &D and all that so i like i know right as much as i love um sci-fi dystopian futures i'm also huge into uh fantasy (laughs) and colors and color yeah uh they're important uh but yeah, I liked all the little references to to D anD D and just kind of other fantasy genres and things like that. Uh, what was when they went when he went to the the restaurant in mm-hmm. the beginning? Did you notice the sign said "Now serving second breakfast"? Yes, that's awesome. I did not notice that. Damn it! I, and I have my eyes peeled for that kind of shit too. That's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. So all, all little things like that I really liked in the movie. But uh, yeah, I, I had a I had a good time. I saw it on IMAX too, which was fucking cool. Nice. Yeah. No, I actually I liked this movie a lot. Um, uh, I thought it was good. Um, I did have a few issues with like the script, but it's you know, it's a family film, so that kind of stuff can be forgiven more. Um, uh, but yeah, I like with every Pixar film now, it's got a great heart to it. Uh, I thought the voice acting was great. Uh, and I thought the story was pretty good, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thoroughly, uh, thoroughly enjoyed this film. It there were so many cool little things that they did. Yeah, uh, built into what was like a pretty simple, you know, narrative. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too complex, but like the little things yeah. that they did within it, I think. Um, like Andrew had said, the, the suggestions towards D and D and all of the fantasy elements that they were like, just packing this with, um, I think really put it over the top for me. I really, really liked it. I also really liked it. Um, like Brian said, the voice acting was great. I really enjoyed the story and I really enjoyed the interactions and the character moments between all of the characters really. I was a big fan of the animation. It was beautiful. Um, As we've come to know from Disney Pixar films, just to look the way that they do. And I love the world that they built. Yeah. Um, Everything felt genuine, but didn't feel over the top or like forced. Several of the little things that I enjoyed. Um, The the skyscrapers, once the community or the, the civilization had turned its back on magic. Um, they built skyscrapers, but they still had the, um, I don't even know what the hell you call them, like where you would put your archers on a castle. Oh, oh um, yeah, yeah, they still had that at the top of the skyscrapers. Um, and then also on on Barley Lightfoot's uh, vest, with all of his, yeah. uh, you could assume, metal bands that he listens to. Uh, one was Hades, Smote. Um, there were a couple other ones, and I just like the entire time was like, dude, I want to listen to Smote. <laughs> like, I think his his cast. I I want to say it had a a D twenty drawn on it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because like because like I I Hades I feel like was like low hanging fruit. You know that'd be like the Metallica of their metal community probably. But yeah. Smote, 
Like, it's what like is the, that? That's like the children of Bodom. <laughs> well, talking about music, what did you guys think of the soundtrack? I thought it was good. Uh, yeah. I, I, I wanted more uh, 70s prog rock. <laughs> right? Like, I just kept waiting for Rush to come on the radio. But yeah. But it never, like, I, other than that, I enjoyed it. It fit, you know? I, I wasn't I able to really pick out, like, a central, you know, theme or at least one that was memorable. Yeah, same. Um, but I, but I would say that. Um, <laughs> so Rob, Rob, and and Rob's wife Amanda and I, we watched it, and during the credits, the song that I think that was playing um, over um, over Barley's, you know, uh, fr- from his tape, mm-hmm. uh, it really did sound like "Hold On Loosely," just a little bit changed. Um, yeah, I did, yeah, <laughs> I did notice that. Was thirty eight special? Yeah, um, yeah. And with a little bit of the guitar solo from "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey thrown in there too, like it was, yeah. it was a kind of a mishmash, but it was cool. Like, yeah, it was great because yeah, it was like it was just off, you know. It was like "Hold On Loosely," and then they like went into something else a little bit, and then pulled that guitar solo in, and <laughs> then came back to it. And I was like, that is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna have "Hold On Loosely" stuck in my head for the rest of the day now. <laughs> yep, you're welcome. <laughs> I was going to echo something that Jordan had said. Like, um, I just, I really think the world is really cool that they, they, they built for this. Um, I, I, you know, much like you, Andrew, I love fantasy shit. Um, and I really appreciate that they went for this concept. Uh, I think it's a really cool concept that there was this fantasy world that was just steeped in magic and magical creatures. And then they figured out electricity and then (laughs) all the, the modern, uh, amenities that we take for granted, they have and take for granted, but they they also take for granted that they had magic. And I just I think that's a really cool concept. Yeah, I like the 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 sequence where they were explaining like that they turned away from magic, where like the uh, the Cyclops was learning with some sort of elf right. mage, yeah. and somebody like lit a light bulb, and he was like, oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> and he was is. like, dude, dude, fuck magic, I, I can flip they, a switch. I love they played into the depth perception joke, because yes. he was trying to reach for the staff and could not grab it. <laughs> I know that's low-hanging <laughs> fruit, but that. that made me laugh. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's I wouldn't even call that low-hanging fruit. I think that's just like such <laughs> a clever. subtle joke. Okay. Yeah. That, like, enough. if you get it, you get it, and if not, right. like, it's gonna go over a lot of people's heads. Okay. It's definitely enough. gonna go over a lot of kids' heads. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, as an like, adult, but your parent, but your it. parents are gonna laugh at different things than you laugh at watching this, and you're like, huh? It's one of those that, as kids that have seen this as children, rewatch it as they get older. Different things become apparent to them as it's happening. Uh, and I, those are some of my favorite movies that, like, when I was a kid. Um, I laughed at certain things, and then as I've gotten older and rewatched them, other things are more funny oh, now. Absolutely, and I think I think this definitely has some stuff in there, um, that will play back as the children that see this get older. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think Pixar is really good about stuff like that. Just from watching like things like Monsters Inc., it's really apparent that they're good at finding a good balance between adult humor and like children's humor. It's not like you're going to see puppy dog pals, the movie, you know, like (laughs) an adult could watch this film and enjoy it. Yeah. Boy, you would think the trailers, the trailers leading into this, you wouldn't realize that, but (laughs) the trailers trailers before the theater in the theater. Oh Oh, my God. Oof. Yeah. They were shockingly bad. There were a lot of moments in this that were just like super sweet and heartfelt. And like we had said earlier, the voice the voice acting um I think Tom Holland was really good. Yeah. Um I didn't even know that it was Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Same. Me either. Um and then when I saw that in the credits, I was like, "Oh my god, she was fantastic" cuz I didn't know it was her. Yeah. Um but I think really to me, the standout of the movie was Chris Pratt absolutely fucking crushing his character, Barley. Yeah, very like, Jack Black vibes off of it. But I just felt but like it, it was so legitimate, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like, yeah, it was, it was just so, yeah, it was just so earnest and so on. Like that character exists in my head now 
because it was just so he wasn't over the top he wasn't like doing a caricature he was just playing that role and it was just so perfectly done i thought it was perfectly done yeah i i i, I agree I, I think chris pratt was was great um uh, i did you know i really appreciate tom holland too um, I will say it's bullshit that we had Tom Col- Tom Holland as a teenage character in high school and he didn't put on a Spider-Man costume. It's just like, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here, you know? Um, but no, I I agree. Uh, you know, Chris Pratt's Barley was you know like a, like you said, earnest. You know, he was completely fucking earnest. I just I, I thought that was great. I think he did a really good job. Um, everyone did a great job. Like you said, Julia Louis Dreyfus, like as Laurel, was really. endearing and definitely felt like a mom like yes i really bought into the relationship between barley and ian because Mm -hmm. of their voice acting because of the way that they sounded and and responded to each other and just interacted and i mean octavia spencer that that manticore scene was like there were so many heavy laughs yeah like really heavy laughs and i i didn't think that i was going to be laughing out loud in the theater as much as i did uh and then especially once we got to that scene i there were several moments that i just was like oh my god this is great (laughs) she starts tearing everyone (laughs) she like rips the mascot head off and yeah sets it on fire throws it on the table employee (laughs) (laughs) that poor restaurant employee I loved it when the mascot was like behind her mimicking her. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. It was so funny. Or like when he came out of they were like, Oh yeah, we want to see the Manticore and, and like the fucking mascot comes out and he's like Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So good. There, there's that little blink and you'll miss it joke where she's like, in the something something, a world filled with danger and the guy in the background is blowing on his soup. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, too hot, too hot. <laughs> yeah, every everything in the Manticore, everything with the Manticore was really funny. Um, I it was a it was a pretty small main cast yes. for this movie, which I I liked actually. It it made it feel more contained to just them. You kind of and because they were so good together, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. Uh, it it built that that emotional just gut punch at the end, dude. <sighs> well, let's get into that. <laughs> yeah, so that's my that's my fit like that's my favorite scene in the movie when Ian is going over his checklist that he has of stuff he wants to do with his father, and um is determining that there's no way he's getting to all of this stuff. Because the time that they've wasted and spent trying to get this stupid gem thing. Um, And then he's realizing as he's going over it that he's had all of those moments with his brother already. So he doesn't need them with his dad because he's had them. He thinks that he's missing out on all this stuff. um, But the movie makes him realize that he's he's already experienced all of these things. Just with not the person he thought he should. Right. and from that moment until the credits ended, I cried. <laughs> Weeping like a fucking child. Because I have a very similar experience in my family with my younger siblings, my, my brother and my sister on my mom's side, who were we weren't with their father after a certain point. And a lot of their development was with me as the person doing things with them like that. So... I was able to like put myself in the shoes of Barley at that moment and then watching the younger sibling realize how important he was to them put me over the edge and I didn't stop crying. Yeah, it's pretty much a guarantee that Pixar movies now will find a way to make you cry. I mean, not Andrew, because Andrew doesn't let himself cry, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm a big, tough boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I also uh, responded to that scene... I don't, I didn't cry as much, but I definitely like felt that too. Uh, that was, you know, that, that's the emotional gut punch. And, um, I thought it was really well done. 
I didn't I did not see that coming. But yes, as soon as he whipped out that checklist and was checking things off and then you see the him actually thinking about him. Barlow was like, oh, OK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's what is it? Uh, you, he's like, I, I can't miss something that I never had. Right. Basically. right. But and, and I love at the end when Barley gets to meet or gets to see his dad one more time. I like that we're not there. That we're right. following Ian the whole story. Yeah, yeah. We're following Ian's story, so I'm glad we got to see it from his point of view. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and then, like, I like I like how Barley kind of downplays it, like a like a typical boy would. Yeah. You know, where he's just like, what did Dad say? And Barley's like, he said he's proud of us. Or you know? his wizard name was something the, the wonderful or... Right, it was something weird. <laughs> the whimsical. Willed in the wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> And Super then they just start laughing at him like that's the worst wizard name ever. They really did feel like brothers. Yes. Yeah. 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 As soon as they were on the highway together, like and he merged into traffic, he's like, "You'll yes. never be ready." I was like, "Oh, they're doing a thing here where they just have each other." And then I yep, forgot yeah. about it throughout the course of the film. And then at the end, when he's looking yeah. at the checklist, I was like, "Oh shit, here we go!" And yep. then they showed that scene of them when they were like swimming as children. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I love my brothers. And then they have a catch. He, like, threw the thing, and he caught it with the with the magic. Yeah. And, you know, like, all of those things, he just, like, realizes he's done with his brother. Yeah. I welled up there, but I didn't cry until uh, Ian looks at him, and he's just like, no, you've got to say goodbye. Yeah. Yep, and man. that was it, and I started bawling my eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, off something off of you said about how they they handled that that scene, you know, where Ian is trapped behind some rubble and he has to watch from a distance. I love how th- they added the little touch, like you can't hear what's said, but you mm-hmm. hear the father laugh. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was really just I think I, that was all expertly really well done. Yeah, and there was a when after Jordan had watched it, um, I was texting him and I was just like explaining like how that scene just absolutely wrecked me (laughs) and uh i was like but i think that you might your perspective might be the reverse because where i identified with barley's situation you know jordan being i'm not a younger sibling yeah i'm the oldest sibling right and it's weird for me too because i'm the middle child right so like you have the older sibling thing but you also have the younger sibling thing yeah so it was pro- it was probably like compounded for you where where I just was like I hope they feel that way you know <laughs> yeah and and it's it's fun too watching Barley have like an influence over Ian and kind of the way he like carries himself a little bit yeah so I kind of related on that point although I did really like when Barley showed up to school on his birthday to pick him up in Guinevere yeah and he's like your chariot awaits and he's just like oh my god this is gonna kill me <laughs> the embarrassment <laughs> so let's let's talk about the other characters a little bit Colt Bronco <laughs> Colt Bronco <laughs> who is uh their their mother's boyfriend <laughs> dude when he laughed and neighed uh lost it like hilarious because definitely did not expect to hear that <laughs> I, I was fucking losing it when he was just walking through the house knocking yeah, just shit destroying over, which yeah. i mean which logically doesn't make any sense because he would have been in that house plenty of times but it's just it just was fucking funny you know yeah yeah because his back half doesn't know what to do <laughs> the, the funniest part for me was at the end when uh he's like oh centaurs used to be able to run 40 miles an hour and he's like I was born to run, and he takes his hat off, and he has the long, flowing hair come out. Dude, right? Lustrous. Lustrous yeah. mane of hair. <laughs> now I know why she fell for him. That was a beautiful head of hair. And then he just and he's just galloping away to work. <laughs> uh, we also yeah. got uh, the, the pixie dusters. Yeah. Yeah, so they were probably the only thing in the movie that I could have done without. Same. I get it, because they needed some sort of, like, external antagonistic thing but like and it's a and it's a road trip it's a road trip trope that you run into a bike gang right <laughs> so so I mean, like you know it was forgivable to a point but like i definitely didn't need that yeah it was just funny to me watching ian interact with them mm-hmm. like while barley's being like dumb Barley. while he's also like 
small. <laughs> and then he's got to also, like, work with his dad's legs. Like, <laughs> juggling all of these things and then having these bikers yeah. who are, like, really tiny, but they're, like, scary. They're just mean. <laughs> like, he's yeah. he's got to interact with them, and I thought that was funny. Barley was like, it worked! The <laughs> can is huge! And you're huge! And the van is... Oh, I'm shrunk. Oh, well, you shrunk me. <laughs> like, what? he took him three things to realize that he was the wrong thing. <laughs> Michelle you know, like that was just says, fucking uh, funny to me. He he uh he rolled a nat one, <laughs> and, it, and it, he broke his concentration. <laughs> That's fucking great. Yeah. Um. You know, I I know it's a little bit weakened at Bernie's, but I really did love the the running joke of that they put the 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 fake top on to the the, the father the the dad's waist. So. Uh, first, it looked hilarious, and then yes. they just kept doing all the things that you know uh, a person who doesn't actually have a top would you know end up doing, um, <laughs> like like shaking out the window. I yeah. love yeah. the callback yeah. to Weekend at Bernie's, like yeah. how he was dangling. I or the the way that the that. head the head just kind of you know <laughs> drops <laughs> yeah, down, drop down and, and it almost sarcastically, and yeah, yeah. When, <laughs> oh, and the, we, the that's the funny. That's one of the funniest parts with the pixies when yeah. he's like. Hey, what's your problem? And the head flops over and just looks at him. Yes, <laughs> he's amazing. waving his hand out the window. <laughs> that dude, yeah. the like the fact that they were like, no, 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 we're gonna use the weekend at Bernie's thing for this is like absolutely use that. It, like, it worked. Don't not use that. Yeah, because yeah. that was that was what I was gonna say. I was gonna say like I loved that they did the weekend at Bernie's thing with the top of the yes. father, like. <laughs> Uh, and then they have that weird, awkward dance moment where dad <laughs> wow, feels the vibrations really from dancing. the band. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it seems like it's going to turn into a heartwarming moment where they're like, oh, we're going to dance with dad. And it does eventually, but they undercut it with like a fantastic joke where it's just like, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and then Barley and, like poses behind him as if he's right. dancing the top. Yeah, <laughs> He's like pretending to be his, like the top of he's his, like, like the hilarious. Imagine what the top half of this would look like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Another really funny scene to me was when they go to the pawn shop. Yes. Oh, yeah. To get the, the curse crusher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a one of a kind. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's so typical uh, in in some sort of movie or, or TV where like they could have said nothing and gotten out of there very fast. But they just don't shut up the characters, yeah. and they wind up having to go through a thing. <laughs> but no, I just I love that I love that like now we have to deal with this uh, thing. And the manticore just stabs her in the neck with her tail. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you use that more often? Yeah. You killed just... her. No, she's just paralyzed. <laughs> I love just the with like oh it's actually ten thousand. <laughs> Yeah. Just the fucking sounds the thing was making was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, going oh, off of what boy. you were saying, how, uh, like, with the Pixies, um, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I, I really didn't care much for them. But um, I, I really, I guess, my biggest issue comes with, like, it was really a slow start to the movie. Um, it really, I felt it kind of dragged its feet in the first, like, 15 minutes. And then, of course, once once they try the actual spell to bring their father back, then it kicks in a high gear. But um, I felt like I felt like the kind of the dialogue and the script up to that point was a little I don't know. It was just like a little uneven is the best I could say. Yeah, I think that they were trying to um, really get you to have a feel for the world that they were living in mm -hmm. prior to that moment. You know, like before they actually gave you the magic, they were like, "This is what it's like. It's mundane, but everything is magical." But it oh, yeah, used to no. be. Yeah, no, I get, I get. That's what they were going for. It just to me, it just came off, just I don't know, a little, a little uneven. I yeah, just no, wish it I, had written a little better. And I loved. Um, I did like that that Barley had his uh, his role playing game set up on the table, and nobody was allowed to touch the table. Of course, yeah. Like that's <laughs> hilarious. You can't keep trying to eat breakfast. Can't mess with the progress of the quest, like, yeah. <laughs> and that and the uh, their their dragon uh, pet, oh. lazy, uh, the like, dragon uh, dog was yeah. like uh, was like Dino from the Flintstones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I loved him. Yeah, that was awesome. 
But yeah. then they had the um, the the unicorns that were like oh god that they're raccoons they're like raccoons. like oh, feral god. animals <laughs> that's so great <laughs> so funny and then they turn the light on in the cave and there's like six of them and they're like ah <laughs> and they're all hissing ah unicorns as if Love they that. stumbled upon like bats or something right like, right yeah. and they all just like have to flutter out of there as fast as possible <laughs> so what was everybody's favorite scene. Um, so my favorite scene um, uh, was as Barley figures out where the Phoenix gem is, uh, which coincidentally ended up being the, the the bit of like it was a like an ancient fountain that he was trying to protect from being destroyed. That was it, and then he and he releases the curse of the this. I can't remember what they called the dragon specifically, but it was a type of dragon. Uh, and it starts taking all the, it starts taking all the, 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 everything it can from its surroundings, including the school. And it takes the mascot's face as its face. And it's just Dude. this really happy looking, like just wide eyed dragon. And I, I lost my shit. You did. Um, it was hilarious. And that, and Dude. that you're, is, and you're that is laughing at it scene. caused me to laugh harder at it. <laughs> It's just, I totally, as soon as you see it, like, oh, that's going to become its face. And then it goes on it and it's so much funnier than you could think it would be. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I assume, like he, t- the dramatic turnaround <laughs> with that face, but like even better was like a little bit later on, yes. it gives itself but, the angry eyebrows. Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> just dude. also great. <laughs> um, so that's my favorite scene, but I will say that close second is when they actually are, are getting to the end of their quest and they get into kind of that hallway that's a little bit of like an Indiana Jones type thing. Yeah. Um, and they step on something, and you just see green come from above <laughs> them. And I'm like, oh god, is it? And it is. It's the the it's gelatinous the cube. Yep. <laughs> the fucking thing. That's, I lost it to that's that. A real, too. That's a real. And that's Rob and, told yeah. me that's a real. Like, thing? That's a real thing from Dungeons and Dragons. Like that's fucking yep. great. That's so fucking uh, great. Yeah, they'll they'll fuck you up. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> they yeah they they thanked um D and D in yeah. the credits for the gelatinous cube and what was the other thing the beholder the, the beholder yeah which I don't know where it was it must yeah I, where I, was the beholder I have to think it must have been in the Manticore's ta- uh, Manticore's inner tavern um, probably because there were so many things in there um I have to think it was in there but yeah it's gonna require a second viewing for me because I I want to see that because those yeah, are they, like that's like the quintessential. D and D, yeah, the, the monster the big was... spherical monster with all the eye stalks. Yeah, yeah, and they'll also fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> I fought them before. It's not fun. Saving <laughs> it for the sequel. Yeah, and that's it's, so. I'm so glad you said sequel because I want to go back to this world so badly. Yeah. Yes. Like I want. Like I want to watch this movie again. Obviously, but like I would not that I didn't prefer having a a fetch quest storyline. But I just want to exist within this and just play around with what they've yeah. created. Yeah. Like, I feel like if Coco could get a sequel, like, this absolutely deserves absolutely. a sequel. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, what was your favorite scene? Just the part at the, part at the end uh, with the father when, when Ian's watching him after that whole, the big battle with the Happy dragon. building dragon. <laughs> Which, by the way, fantastic monster design. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that idea of a pulling all the things together. Great idea. Yeah. But um, father son stuff in movies gets to me very Same. easily. Same. So uh, I don't know. Seeing that scene, it was kind of like it was a little, it was a little difficult to get through. I don't know, just because he still had because he still had barley. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Sorry that uh, no. You're- yeah, it was, it's a little bit of a difficult scene to get through, but I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. Because um, it, it just it was just a nice scene to see. And then he still had his brother, and he still had his family and friends, so he didn't, you know, he didn't need, quote-unquote, the father. Um, but yeah, I don't know, something things like that, and of course the gelatinous cube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that whole part, too. Like, I was the emotional punch in this movie, really, it hit me pretty hard. It really, and I appreciated it, you know. It's not Pixar without breaking your heart a little. Fucking tell me about it, Jesus. Jordan? I, I'm going to go ahead and, and say it's like a two-parter. Okay. Um, But the part when Barley sacrificed the car. Oh, fuck. Yes. Guinevere. That was genuinely really sad. Yeah. 
Like he yeah, it was, but he like <laughs> took it in stride. He was like, right. I need to do this. Yeah, no, it was immediate. Like, oh, okay, this is what has to happen. So, but yeah. he he sacrificed something that he loved for his brother Ian. Yep, and then. <laughs> In the other half of that, my other favorite scene is when Ian straight up tells Barley, like, no, I'll I'll handle the dragon. You yeah, go yeah. talk to Dad. You go yeah. say goodbye. And that part wrecked me. Yeah. Yep. That part got me bawling my eyes out. Uh, so just the, the fact that they would literally give up something for the other one meant so much to me. And they yeah. re- it was they reciprocated. Yeah, like because Barley sacrificed the one thing like throughout the beginning of that movie, <laughs> and like even up to that point, we're being uh, subconsciously and consciously told how much he loves that vehicle. Yep. So like to get to the point where he's like, "Okay, I've got this," is like, you know, because uh, Ian couldn't do the spell. Right, arcane lightning. Yes, yeah. He he couldn't cast it for whatever reason, and like Barley was like, "Come on!" Like, and then he just kind of looks over and he's like, "Okay, I know what I have to do." Yep. You know, like just like be the adult here. I could get another van. You know, it, like it's not a big deal. It was so great how all the tickets, parking tickets, flew out <laughs> <Yeah>. the sides <laughs> like the like wing. wings. Jesus Christ! It was yeah. so great. And then the uh, tire goes flat, and it's like uh-huh. it's bucking. And it, yeah, and it sounded like it was galloping. <laughs> it's galloping. Yeah. Yep. So great. But then when it and it took off and just the gleam of the light against the unicorn <laughs> on the side. Yep. I did also love earlier with the parking tickets where he was like, Oh, let me file that away. <laughs> <laughs> he just stuffs it into a glove box just full of them. <laughs> uh, another honorable mention scene for me would be when they do the the trick to disguise themselves as Colt Bronco. <laughs> oh yeah. And they're like being questioned. Mm-hmm. Every lie turns him back into himself. I just thought that was so cool and clever and like a nice world building thing. Like, yeah. yeah, magic exists, but it's at a cost. Another scene like that for me is when, when Ian had to cross yeah. uh, that, <laughs> that like oh, massive fuck. gorge. The, the chasm. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh God. Like I legitimately got really tense. Same. How can you not? In that, like, the <laughs> I mean, way that they just did all of that, and then he doesn't have the fucking rope, and and he calls back, and he's like, "You got the rope," and he's like, "Yep, yeah, I got he it." He does. He's not lying. It. He didn't lie. He's got the rope. Uh, <laughs> and Wait, he barely did. gets across, and then he kind of turns around the and sees that he face. doesn't have it anymore, and he just almost <laughs> like that was so great. But the that look was on so his face well done. when he's pulling the lever, yes, he has a look like, wow, I almost died. <laughs> yeah. And he's like shaking as he's pulling yes. the lever. It's done so well. Super affected by that. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Uh, I just, I also just want to say how beautiful the fucking movie is. Um, not the colors per se, um, <laughs> but, uh, but they went again with um, like Pixar's, they're really getting close to photorealism. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really cool. I don't know if you guys have seen The Good Dinosaur, but they, they got photorealism for that. Uh, like, the landscapes were they, n- not real places, but they made it look real, even though the dinosaurs were more cartoony. And that's the kind of same thing here. Like, everything looked like it was a real set or prop to me. Um, yeah. But they, of course, then the characters themselves are, are more cartoonish. But, like, the, the fucking... The, like, when they get on the freeway, that looked like it was a yeah. fucking... Real freeway, real, like yep, <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Where they had like the the off the beaten path trail that they take, mm. the path uh, of looks peril, fantastic. Yes, the, the path, path of peril, peril. yeah, uh, looks fantastic. And then when they decide to do the uh, like, we'll follow the pointing ravens. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Raven not ravens just... point, but yes. ravens point. Ravens yeah, point. <laughs> so great. Yeah, when... I thought like. And like even the character design of the two of them specifically, like the elves looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like they had that blue, like they were that bluish hue, but like around his eyes where he would have freckles, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. on his cheekbones and stuff. That was like a lighter color yeah. that had like kind of a purplish situation. Hat. Like I thought that was just so neat. 
Was I the only one that was like the hair looked incredible? Yes, yeah, of course. Like even just like small stray hairs coming out, it it was like it was just I was kind of blown away by how good that looked. Just the little minute details they put into this movie. It's yeah. like with it's like it's like with Monsters Inc. and Monsters University. Like they gave all the different types of. Uh, you know, obviously, in those movies, they're all different monsters. There's hardly any monster that looks exactly the same. But, you know, so it's it's a little bit different for Onward. But still, they, ge- they gave each kind of, you know, race um, mm-hmm. a really cool look. You know, the, the Cyclops, the Satyrs, the, the, trolls, the trolls. The Yeah. yeah. Um, the, obviously, the Manticore looked fucking awesome. Yeah, um, he did. Was the were they the the character that showed up late to his shift at the Manticore's tavern? Was that a like a goblin? I think oh, okay. the one it that looked like some it, it wasn't speaking. It was just the like one that, da, 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 da. the one that spoke like the some of the aliens in Rick and Morty just gobble, 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 gobble. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I lost that it one. To that. They're like, you know, that's your second time being late this week, and he's like, gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> yeah. I, I assumed they they were just goblins. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what that's what I th- and I just thought they were they were great. Like the way that they made them look was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they were like two foot tall with this really long, long face and like jaw structure. Out of everything, though, what blew me away really was when Barley takes the Phoenix Gem and the curse gets set. All the mm-hmm. red like cl- smoke, smoke oh, that yeah. oh, dude, that looked fucking amazing. It did. That really looked fucking amazing. Yeah. I really liked how it became the wings. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, only the wings. It was, like, mm-hmm. the actual skin or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a good idea. And, and I wish I had thought that up. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and and Mom using her um, her aerobics workout to, like, <laughs> half yeah, defeat it. I thought too. that was great payoff. <laughs> yeah. Because it's such a little moment uh-huh. from the beginning, yeah. but then she's like bouncing back and forth, and you're and she's doing like the whatever their their call outs are, and I was like, oh shit, like I'm a warrior or something. <laughs> yeah, yes. and then she stabs downward and like gets it, and she's like, okay, I can't hold this all the way. <laughs> I really the scene after Ian tells Barley that you know you need to see him and say goodbye, and he's running after the dragon, and he's using all of the magic that he's yeah. learned, but yes. just like the rapid payoff. fire. Yeah, that was I love that. And then at the end, how he defeats the dragon with uh, he finally hits it with arcane lightning. Yes. Blows a hole in it and then uses the magic to throw the sword into the core mm-hmm. of the dragon. God, that was awesome. Yeah. 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 Because it's like they allowed him to learn it throughout the movie and we watch him learn it. So then went to get the payoff of him using everything that he's learned to beat the villain at the end is is normally how you write those things star wars um uh i'll say also a great payoff was that you know we got the the joke uh the running joke of the splinter off of the staff and then he was like wait every fiber is magical so he takes the splinter and makes it into a fucking staff like he grows that's fucking great But, and, I like and it's his and it. it's his own like it's it, it the design of the staff is slightly different so it's like his own yeah. staff yeah just all the little de- the the attention to detail in this movie was fantastic yeah yeah and Michelle was saying did you guys hear it when whenever the the dragon would breathe fire you would hear the school bell yes no. yes. yes I didn't yes. pick up I on didn't that. hear <laughs> yeah I didn't hear that because it was the school bell was in its throat <laughs> that was great I didn't yep. hear that that's funny. Yeah, I definitely that's, need that's to great. give this movie another watch through and just keep my eyes peeled for stuff. Uh, did you guys notice the Pizza Planet truck? No. no. Where was it? Uh, when they were on the highway originally, when they first left for the quest, you see it at like a toll booth off to the side. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's great. So that's great. I want to go through and look for everything because I'm sure there's other stuff in there. Yeah, there's gotta be. I, I started to try to do that at the beginning of the movie because I could see all the stuff in the kitchen. Like there's, you know, mm-hmm. the, everything, every product had a brand name that obviously was made up for this movie. I wanted, I want to see all of it. I want, I wanted to see all the things that Barley had on his vest because, well, you, you guys mentioned the big ones, but there's also a ton of other shit on there. Yeah, um, yeah. I kind of want that vest, <laughs> right? <laughs> I kind of want to well, live in that the world thing too. Is um, that like, yeah. This is going to, I can imagine that this is going to lead to some incredible cosplay situations oh, happening. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 
and then people creating um, patches of those bands for their vests to be barley. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Smote, dude. Smote. <laughs> Hell yeah. So uh, any final thoughts on Onward? It's a fantastic film. Yeah. Absolutely go see it. I definitely can't wait to watch it again. Um, I will likely buy it on Blu-ray, even though I know it will be on Disney+. Plus. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't matter because I, I want to like dig into all of their special features and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I um I really liked it. I I think I will be getting it on Blu-ray. At, after I left the theater, I was like, you know what? That this one might be more of just like the, one of those one-shot Pixar movies for me, like Monsters University or Brave or The Good Dinosaur. Um, but I think I am gonna get it because just because there there are so many little things that I want to be able to see, and the, the the sequences that I thought were so great, I want to be able to watch them again. And furthermore, I just really hope it does get a sequel. Um, they've given sequels to so many other Pixar movies that Cars. probably that probably didn't deserve so many sequels as Planes. well. Um, that you know, I really I'm really hoping that I think it it already did 40 million this weekend. That's the estimate. So hopefully the actual is a little bit higher. Um, uh, but that's a right really here good. It's a 68 million. Oh, nice. The box office. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so that's a really good start for for a Pixar movie that's not Toy Story, Cars. Or, mm-hmm. or the Incredibles. Um, yeah, they're completely building it from the ground up. Yeah. So it's it doesn't have the cachet, as the kids say. But yeah, I I, I absolutely want to be in that world more. Uh, it's a really fucking cool world um, that they built, and uh, I think it deserves more exploration. And it's 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 fairly simple to to continue a fantasy story. You know, uh, you're yeah. just like, oh well, there's oh there's another threat coming. We need yeah. Mm-hmm. Ian and Barley to take care of it and let's introduce somebody else you know it it's it's you can do it absolutely and it would be much more you know earned than cars 2 mm. or you know or whatever <laughs> I love or that three. we just shit on cars here <laughs> it's great Ka-chow! why do they have teeth why? <laughs> why why are they sentient at all yeah <laughs> um I was a big fan of this film I think it might eventually work its way into my top five Pixar films. Oh, wow. Um, right now, I'm not so sure, but I definitely want to view it again. Big fan of the the story. Big fan of the, the look of it. I think Pixar, like Brian said, is getting closer and closer to photorealism. So I definitely think this is a step in that direction. And I think in 20 years, it'll still hold up. Definitely. And I was going to say, um, I know that we had, we had done the, the Coco episode for Thanksgiving. And then in December we did our top five Pixar movies and Coco for Andrew and I was in there. Um, so I wasn't sure if anybody had like boosted this into that or if it was close or so Jordan, you alluded to, it might actually hit your top five. So I was just interested if anybody else thought that. This wouldn't make my top five, but I think it would be in my top ten. The top five mm-hmm. movies that I have for Pixar movies, they're, they're movies I love. Like, I adore those movies. So, while I really liked this, um, I, I would not have it up in the, my top five. But definitely, I think it could be in the top ten. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Mostly because I'm a sucker for fantasy, but it's also... You're right, I want to live in that world. I want right? to visit it. Um I want a mushroom house. I, yeah. Well, also, I think a I, lot of the a lot of the Pixar movies that we all have in our top five are repeat viewings. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, so maybe if this, you know, if this once once this hits home video, um, those repeat viewings will happen, and it'll kind of work its way in there. That's the way I'm looking at it. Like, yeah. the more I watch it, the more in love I'll fall with it. I mean, I could see this becoming like like a series. Yeah. And I would totally watch that because be so I want fun. to be in this world so much and I love the characters in it and the bonds that they have and they could they could totally do a series of, about about this. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> how great would it be if they did if they did a a cops like series for this? <laughs> oh my like one episode is just cops and it follows um right. <laughs> Before before we wrap up there is something I want to bring up because it is it is specific to this movie. 
uh, normally with Pixar movies, we get a an animated short that is usually done in like mm. kind of a computer generated style. Um, mm-hmm. We did not get that this time. <clears throat> we got the new property that Disney owns, The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, and sure. uh, yeah, I I I did not like it. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. Um, I, I laughed like maybe a couple times at a couple of little jokes, but I thought it was really, really pointless. And, um, I wish they had, I wish they had done an original idea like they've done for so many of the other Pixar movies. Your thoughts guys. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, it definitely got me to chuckle a few times. Um, but yeah, overall it was, uh, was, uh, it was interesting to see the Simpsons, um, uh, in that light. Playdate with Destiny. That's what it was called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a little weird for me, but then again, I'm not the biggest Simpsons fan. So. Well, the thing is, the thing about the Pixar shorts is that they often get Oscar nominated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't imagine that'll happen for this. <laughs> yeah, after after the movie, I I had mentioned that to Brian, and he was like, "I don't see that happening here." <laughs> I, I love how it was a Simpsons thing, and we got zero of the voices. Yeah. Not one. They didn't have to pay anybody. Yes, yeah, so it was the cheapest short they've ever done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just had to bring that up because um, it definitely was something that had been brought up uh, beforehand. I was like, "Oh, really? A Simpsons short before a Pixar movie? Okay." And then it, and then we got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the I like the end though with the train. That was kind of funny, but. The train bit was probably my favorite part of it. I think that's yeah. where she's running up to it to try at. to get. Yeah. Cheyenne looks at me and she goes, isn't the train just going to come back around? And then it yeah. pans out <laughs> and we all laughed. So that was fun. That was the that was the moment. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> so uh, real quick before we finish up, mm-hmm. who was everyone's favorite character? Barley. Barley. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, again, like like you said, Andrew, it's such a limited. It's a small cast. Um, of characters, yeah, I, I I gotta go with Barley. I'm gonna go Ian. I loved Ian too. Yeah, I loved Ian but... a lot. I, and like Rob said, I, I could relate to Ian a little bit more. There's the Spider-Man mark. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> also, did you notice another Tom Holland character crushed by rubble? <laughs> um, <laughs> can't seem to get out of that trope for himself. <laughs> So anyway, for Pop Cannon, this has been episode 36. My name is Jordan. I am Robert. My name is Andrew. And I am Brian. <laughs> Lead singer of Smote. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like they're the kind of band they have a key. They're a metal band, but they have a keyboard. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck it's super yeah. proggy. Hell yeah. We are Smote. <laughs> <laughs> That was our discussion all about the Disney Pixar film Onward. Have you seen Onward yet? Did you like it? As you can tell, we all very much enjoyed the film. Did you like the fantasy setting? The action? The magic? Which character was your favorite? How would you rate the voice acting? Let us know. We want to hear your thoughts on this film and what you think about all of our other topics. Keeping in touch with us cannot be any easier. Simply search and follow Pop Cannon on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't want to miss an episode of the podcast? Subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Just search Pop Cannon. But remember, Cannon starts with a K because spelling everything correctly would make it too easy. We are also about to embark on a 30-day posting challenge. If you follow us on social media, you've seen us post about this, but basically, it's at least one post a day for 30 days about a variety of topics, ranging from favorite TV show, to favorite ice cream flavor, to favorite Scooby-Doo character. So join us, if you like, and use the hashtag PK30DayChallenge. Day one for us kicks off on Monday, March 16th. And how about Animaniacs winning our greatest 90s cartoon tournament, huh? That was a lot of fun. We have a lot of stuff like that planned, and hopefully we'll get to it before society collapses. Anyway, if you'd like to follow our lives outside of this podcast, you can find us on social media individually. 
I, Robert, am on Twitter and Instagram at YesBall. Jordan is on Twitter and Instagram at JL24FPS. Andrew is on Twitter at Flavored underscore Red and Instagram at Android Skeleton. And Brian recently found this little hole-in-the-wall restaurant that was a bit perilous to get to, so he felt like he had it all to himself. One night he's there and he gets his regular order, but the owner just went crazy. She ripped the head off the mascot and started a fire that forced everyone to leave. He just wanted to enjoy his soup in peace. After the paramedics checked on him, he was allowed to leave, and he got halfway home before realizing he needed to go to the bathroom. He stopped at a gas station off the freeway, and as he was walking into the station to get the bathroom key, the motorcycles parked next to the entrance toppled over. He swore he had nothing to do with it, but the owners of the bike stormed out and chased some kid in a van away. No big deal, he thought, but then he asked the attendant for the bathroom key, and the clerk regretfully informed him that the kid in the van stole the key. So Brian set off on this quest to find the van like the bikers did. It was a heartwarming journey where he made some revelations about his own life and how everything he wanted he had had all along. And he pissed in a water bottle while driving and crashed. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Our next one was supposed to be a review of A Quiet Place Part 2, but since the sundering of the earth has begun, who knows when that sees the light of day. We'll reconvene as a podcast and get you guys a new episode as soon as possible, so please subscribe and follow us so you don't miss any new content or announcements. Thank you for listening, and always wash your hands.